everybody, and welcome to episode 513 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. Jill, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm fine. It's whatever. Every, life is whatever right now. Yeah, um, I was I was talking about that with my my husband last night where somebody we work with had had done that whole yeah asked the same question like how are you and i'm like in my mind i'm like i can't really answer this honestly can i no so yeah we're just gonna say i'm fine (laughs) yeah i i actually really appreciate one of i don't remember which publicist it is so i'm sorry if you're listening but uh one of the publicists who sends us lots of emails about like hey here's some new books coming out they've started (laughs) uh they've begun starting their emails with something along the lines of like hope you're doing okay. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like that subtle change to, you know, like how most people are like, hope this email finds you well, or like, hope yep. you're off to a great start to the year. They just literally like, Hey, hope you're hanging in there. Anyway, here's a book. If you want to read it, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, along those same lines, you had a good idea for today. Would you like to tell everyone what you and I are going to provide? Um, Yeah, so I did an interview with one of an author that will be on the podcast in February. And in our conversation, we were talking about how we've been both been doing a lot of rereading of books because there's some like comfort in that in Mm -hmm. reading books you've already read before. Um, It's familiar. It's like visiting old friends when you can't go see your actual friends in person. Um, Yeah, so we're just going to do escapist fiction. Yeah. Our yeah, we are. Escape is fiction. Uh, I will say, I've actually been doing pretty well these first two weeks of the year reading via audiobook. Which, if you listened recently, uh, running joke, Jill, Jill has it. Jill didn't listen to one last year, and that made me laugh so much. But I nope, didn't, didn't at all. I um, I have found that I do not like silence because then I think too much. So yeah. I have had headphones in basically all the time and and I am doing a lot of like escapist listening so I actually listened to like a ton of books already so several of my picks are books that we have talked about but to Jill's point their rereading helps because you can just disappear into a world Um, but I do have a couple new ones that I actually I found a book or two that I'm gonna end up listening to or reading next because I'm excited about them so um, we're just going to go back and forth like we always do. I'll put the books in the show notes so you can jot those down. Um, Jill's doing a true flex. She's just going through her old reading list and she's going to pull some. And I'm, I'm like staring at my bookshelves. Although it occurs to me as I'm sitting here that a lot of the books I, not a lot, but many of the books I will still talk about, but I won't be able to read this year because they are written by cis white men. And I said just last week or something that I won't be reading any books by cis white men this year so but I'll still talk about them in case anybody else who did not make that I put I don't worry don't worry I have plenty of other books to read and reread and talk about but some of my favorites I can't read this year but that's okay yeah I love that but yeah like you said thankfully other people listen to our podcast so it's not just for you and I so, you, right. so other people will get enjoyment right um and I actually I tweeted this this morning as the podcast if, if it, people haven't seen it but like everything is very hard but like making these lists has like made me it it's kind of it warms my heart to know that not only am I like looking for books and I love doing that but like that other people end up reading them makes me very happy so so mm-hmm. yeah even though you aren't allowed to read them oh man fine yeah. 
And as always, if you guys want more recommendations, you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com or find us at probooknerds on Twitter and Instagram. Um, would you like me to start? You can you- start. Okay. All right. So the first one I'm going to say is Holly Black's series, Folk of the Air, which started with The Cruel Prince. Uh, she came on the podcast last year, two in 2019. Oh my God. Time um, has no meaning. Time has no meaning, but she talked about the queen of nothing. So there's three main books in the Folk of the Air series, The Cruel Prince, The Wicked King, and The Queen of Nothing. She also has created two novellas, which are really fun. Uh, the first one came out a couple years ago called The Lost Sisters. And then the most recent one that came out uh, has just such a fun name for a book. It's How the King of Elfame Learned to Hate Stories. And that is the story of the king of this world that she created. His name's Carden, And it's kind of like his upbringing, but also his view of all the things that unfolded throughout the trilogy. But the reason I'm mentioning this is because one of the things I tend to do when it comes to escapism is like is escape the entire actual world that we're existing in in just 100 so what's really nice about these books is they are a series of events that occur in this elvish world and it's basically underneath or sort of next to our plane of existence i mean you can get there from the real world but it follows these two sisters who find out at the beginning of the first book, this is not a spoiler in any way, uh, they find out at the beginning of the first book that they are kind of part elvish. Um, they're, they have fey blood in them and uh, they're like literally in like the first few pages of the first book. Uh, their parents are murdered and they are sent to live in this world that they do not exist in or that they, they don't really belong in, kind of. Um, Joe made a face like, you said that wrong, Adam. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, um, but the entire story is about how they learn to better understand the things of this um, elvish world, like the fact that you shouldn't eat their food because it can. it's kind of like the Goblin Market um, old story where like you can fall... Uh, kind of victim to their spells and stuff if you eat their food specifically or like the fact that there's this really interesting thing that the fey people can't tell lies but the way that holly uses uh words to like have them get around that is really really interesting so the reason i picked this is because it is a completed series so if you want to disappear into a world um that you can spend a few books in, but you, then you won't like get stuck on a cliffhanger. Um, so yeah, the, the folk of the air series, again, the, the first one um, is the cruel prince. But if you've read all three of the books, there is still a new novella, um, how the king of Elfame learned to hate stories, which just came out um, in November that you may have missed. So that's my first one. So my first one. Okay. Much like the difference between you and me, you're like, I want to escape everything in the real world. And I'm like, I'm going to reread Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood, which is all about a guy named Snowman. That's his nickname. He's really Jimmy. And Jimmy thinks he is the last human on earth after a plague. I'm like, this sounds like a great book to reread. I uh, I love Oryx and Crake. You know, I'm a big Margaret Atwood fan. I'm sure that has come up on the podcast before. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Um, I know, right? It's shocking. You might, you know, what's also a big surprise? I really like Stephen King. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. No one's yet known this. No one's known that. Uh, 
Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to Margaret Atwood, they talk about the Handmaid's Tale, which is also very good, but I love Oryx and Crake. And it's one of those books I have read so many times, but as I'm sitting here thinking about books to reread that, again, there's like a comfort in knowing what's going to happen mm-hmm, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I've already read it, even if it's not great, because again, it's a plague. I still know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, that said, having read Oryx and Crake many times, I don't think I have read the other books in the trilogy, which is The Year of the Flood and Mad Adam since those books were published. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to rereading the whole trilogy um, because I only have very vague memories of what happens in the year of the flood and Matt Adam. So it will be like new books, but not so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That counts. Yeah, that also, counts. Oh yeah. Also, even though you've talked, you've talked about orcs and crakes a few times on the podcast, you've never mentioned the other two. So that's two new recommendations. I don't, yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah. So this is kind of like the giver situation, actually, when I think about it. <laughs> You know how there's always like every once in a while on on Twitter, I have seen within the last like couple of years, someone will go on who's like, I don't know if they've just read The Giver or <laughs> their kid is reading The Giver or whatever. But someone will put on a question like when you read The Giver, what did you think happened at the end? And just go with me on this one. And, you know, like, did Jonas survive or not? And a lot of that, I think, presupposes whether or not you read The Giver before the rest of the books came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and not entirely. You know, I'm sure there are people who thought Jonas survived without knowing there were other books. I was not one of those people. Like, I read The Giver when I was in, like, the book had just come out. I think I was in sixth grade. It was like a brand new book. And I'm like, he does not survive. There's no way. So that says a lot about me at, you know, 12. Um <laughs> so I think Orcs and Crake is very similar. Like you get to the end of Orcs and Crake and in true Margaret Atwood fashion, there's not really a solid, it could go either way in terms of what happens. Um, and yeah, so the year of the flood and Mad Adam pick up after, or I, I think actually the year of the flood might is more like a companion book. I think it happens at around the same time. Like it sees the world of Orcs and Crake from a different point of view or for somebody else existing in that time if that makes sense it sort of like runs parallel and then i think matt adam picks up after i don't even remember see because it's been so long i mean these books came out like 10 years ago or something Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be fun and i just spent an absurd amount of time talking about these books so that's okay and listen (laughs) hey for people and by the way just clarify for everybody uh which what jill's talking about with the giver it's a quartet there are four giver books um and if you'd like to hear lois lowry a literal queen talk about the giver she was on episode 412 of <gasps> oh this very podcast i'm getting like major flashbacks because do you remember what she was watching when we <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that'll be a little inside baseball joke for everyone else who remembers that yeah it's uh, pretty... <laughs> wow that's weird okay <laughs> time is a flat circle um, time okay. is a flat circle okay so my next one is a book i actually i have not read yet but i am well versed in the story of uh, the Crane Wife by Patrick Ness. So the reason I am excited about this, for people who don't know, The Crane Wife is a very old Japanese folktale. 
And if the words The Crane Wife is ringing any bells for anybody, <laughs> it's because there is a Decemberists album all about The Crane Wife. They, yeah, there is. It's a three-part wonderful song called The Crane Wife, part one, two, and three um, that are in that wonderful album by the decemberists and actually there's a if you look up there's a live version of the lead singer of the decemberists doing all three um parts of the crane wife together and in like a coffee shop when people used to go to those and it's quite lovely anyway so this book by patrick ness is based off that japanese folktale so what happens in the folktale i'm not going to give away like the ending or anything about it but it tells the story of this broken-hearted man who goes out in his yard in the middle of the night and discovers a crane who is like the size of a per like a huge crane like his height who has an injured wing it's usually in the japanese folktale it's usually he has the the crane has like a arrow shot through it and the man helps mend the bird back to life and or sorry back to back to health and it flies away that in that night and then the next morning, a woman walk like enters his life and he falls in love with her and they are, they get married and they're very, uh, they're very poor. And she has this idea that says like, she will create this artwork. Um, I believe it's usually out of like, uh, I think it's usually cloth that she likes, uh, silk that she weaves together. Um, but she tells him, you just can't ever watch me make it. And, uh, and he does at some point and discovers what's going on. Um, it's a bit of a heartbreaking story, but yeah, I, I like the, the idea. The reason it's escapist for me is because I'm familiar with the actual story of the crane wave. So I, I kind of know where this is going and it's written by Patrick Ness. So I know it's going to be exquisitely well-written. Also, I am finding myself leaning into kind of sad books this first two weeks of the year. It's been kind of cathartic. Um, to have some tears leave my face for reasons other than what's going on in the world. So, you know, if a book can make me a little emotional, I've actually, that's been kind of helpful. So that was another, I feel like we're each just taking our turns monologuing. So that was The Crane Wife by Patrick Ness. So I'll shut up now, Jill. That is entirely fine. <laughs> um, okay, so this is also a mix. Uh, this next one, it's a trilogy where I've read one and the other two I haven't yet. So at the end of the year, I think the last book I read in 2020 was um, Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. And this is the second of the three Brown sister books. The first one was Get a Life, Chloe Brown, which came out a couple of years ago and I did not read, but I will because I loved Take a Hint. And then the third one, Actor Age Eve Brown, I think comes out in March. Um so these are three sisters and it's romance and they are delightful. Um, I, I just, I really loved the the couple and in, in take a hint, Danny Brown. I know other people adored get a life, Chloe Brown and the character of Eve Brown from the, the third book, you know, we only have seen her kind of as this sort of tertiary character in, in her sister's books. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, what she's like in her own book you know like getting getting the world from her perspective but one of the things when I when I had this uh this conversation with the author um we talked about uh, it's about a romance she writes romance this author I was talking to um and I'm not trying to be vague I swear I'm just like are we talking about this but whatever it's fine okay so <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, she writes romance. We were talking about romance. And one of the things about romance books that I think make really great escapist fiction is that um, you know how they're going to end. Um, mm-hmm. At least if it's a authentic romance some books get marketed as romance that aren't that's a different conversation (laughs) um but to be a romance book there needs to be a happily ever after or a happily for now where you know the characters are together at the end they may or may not be in the future but for the sake of the story at the end and you know even though romance books are known for that third act breakup um, that dark moment where you think it's going, it's over. Um, part of the magic of romance books is is figuring out, is the author figuring out how to make a believable ending where they get back together and life is fantastic. And there are a lot of romance authors who are moving away from even having that dark moment and they, they create conflicts of another variety for the couple because that's really what it's all about is just sort of creating that conflict. So if you really want escapist fiction, romance books, ma'am, they're going to end on happy note. They're, that's like a guarantee if it's a true romance book. But, but I mean, when it comes to escapist fiction, the world is very uncertain. Mm-hmm. These books have a happy ending. That is a guarantee. Yeah, that's huge. Um, Kind of Somewhat along those same lines, I was thinking of two books came to mind that are very famous for their movie adaptations as well that I have just forever enjoyed as a kid and still do. Um, the first one's Never Ending Story. By, I think it's Michael End is the one who, who wrote it. But that is like there's a lot that goes beyond the book or beyond the um, the movie for that one. And it, it it's pretty dark and that's not, that's a little sad. So the other one I'm going to say is The Princess Bride by William Goldman. I'm sure I, I know we've talked about it in the past. I love William Goldman. Um, I enjoy his writing and The Princess Bride is just like, I, I think it's a perfect movie. Um, and I think it's pretty close to a perfect book too. But the reason I'm going to suggest this as escape is fiction is because it's very likely if you're listening to this, that you have seen The Princess Bride um, but it's not necessarily true that you've read it. If I, we read it in high school and that was like, if not, I probably never would have, but it's, it's similar enough to the book where like all of the characters who, you know, and love are there. Um, but it's different enough because the ending doesn't end where the book ends. There's more beyond that. And so you'll follow these familiar, um beats that you really will enjoy you know you're like oh hey that's that's fun that's buttercup and wesley and like oh here's you know the cliffs of insanity and there's RUSs, like all of that is in there but then there's more beyond it so it's just a fun um it's a fun book to enjoy to get lost in the the a world that you might be very familiar with in florin and um and yeah so that's just a quick one but uh the princess bride by william goldman really is just a fabulous enjoyable read What's your next one? My next one is um, Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Mm. Also, spoiler alert, big Rainbow Rowell fan, in case you didn't know that. Uh, I I know I talked about Fangirl um, because I relate a lot to the um, main character of Kat in that book. Uh, she is off to college. Um, her twin sister... I don't have a twin sister, but her twin sister um, is sort of also at college at the same college, but 
she's trying to put some distance between them because they've spent their whole lives together and Kat's feeling a little bit um, uh, lost. And um, she is a writer. She writes fan fiction uh, about a Simon Snow series of books, which are fictional, but they're basically like Harry Potter fan fiction in Rainbow Rowell's world. You know what I mean? Like if Rainbow Rowell wrote Harry Potter fan fiction, it would kind of be like Simon Snow. And so now Kath is writing Simon Snow fan fiction. It's it's very meta. It's very Inception. Just, it's so good though. Just stay it with is, it. It is so good. And what I love about it is that, you know, you can tell Rainbow Rowell has this entire world created for the Simon Snow series. And I mean, she has to the extent that there are Simon Snow books out there. Um, there's Carry On, Wayward Son, and then I forget when the third one comes out this year or next year. It's something else. While you talk, I'll look up the name. Yeah, uh, it's anyway, the wind blows, but I don't remember when it comes out. Um but before those came out, she had Fangirl. Fangirl was the first one. And within Fangirl in Kath's world, you have the the fan fiction that Kath is writing and you have these like snippets or excerpts from the Simon Snow books, which up until that point didn't exist. And in terms of anyone outside of the Fangirl book could read them. This is all, like I said, it's very Inception. It makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. But uh, Fangirls, yeah, Fangirls is one of those books I've read so many times and it's just, it's just like a warm hug. Especially yeah. if you, <laughs> uh-huh. it's like a warm hug, especially if you have ever written fan fiction, which I did. Or, you know, if you went to college and felt a little lost because the people you thought, you know, that were your, like you lost your support system essentially and you have to mm-hmm. like find a new support system and that's really hard like i basically my freshman year of college never left my dorm room because i didn't know anybody and so um i mean except for class i went to class <laughs> <laughs> i would come back like i would go to my class i was a creative writing major like kath i would go to my writing classes i would come back to my dorm room i would write fan fiction it was labyrinth fan fiction just so you know good. this is what we do and so yeah fangirl is like a warm hug to me mm-hmm. um for anyone who has read uh carry on a wayward son anyway the wind blows comes out july 6th so middle of summer gonna put that on my list of books to pay attention to for yeah, yeah. you probably should just put a hold on it now because i guarantee it's already a list probably sorry not. everybody oh wait i think i pre-ordered it but Later. still <laughs> Mark. i'm sure it's um, pre-ordered <laughs> Nice. Okay. My next one, slight backstory on this one, On Stranger Tides by Tim Powers. So at the beginning of this year, like literally the second day of the year, I tweeted half as a joke, half not as myself. I'm going to get into sea shanties this year, I think, because on Spotify, there is a plethora of sea shanties. Sea shanties, for anyone who's not familiar, the songs that pirates and such would sing on. The, it's it's basically if you took Irish music but removed any fiddles and it's just the voices. That's basically mm-hmm. what it sounds like. And then, lo and behold, like three days later, on Twitter and TikTok everywhere, it blew up. There is this delightful sea shanty called Wellerman that everyone is like doing these loops of that people are playing. It's just a delightful, catchy tune. And it's everywhere. 
And I jokingly said the other day, I was like, I started this trend. You're all welcome. I did nothing. I did not. This was clearly already happening. I just hadn't seen it when I said I was going to get into sea shanties. This is all to say, I have talked about this many times in the past. One of my like base level parts of my wheelhouse to borrow a reading glasses term. I love a pirate. I love a badass lady pirate specifically, but I love pirates. Love have always loved pirates. On Stranger Tides by, by Tim Powers is the loosely, and I can't stress this enough loosely, loosely, uh, loose inspiration for On Stranger Tides, the film that's part of the Pirates of the Caribbean series. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. The first one is phenomenal. The other ones I just like because I like pirates. They're not the best things in the world, especially after the first trilogy. Not great. Don't care. Still love them. But this is the book that it's very, very loosely based on. So the book itself features Blackbeard and there's ghosts and there's voodoo and there's zombies and there's a fountain of youth story. But it's just like it's a very similar tale. There is no... um, there, there's no specific Johnny Depp character, but there is this guy named John Shandy who is kind of like Jack Sparrow, that he's like the uh, he's the Jack Sparrow adjacent swashbuckler, if you will. But it's very enjoyable because there is still the like disappearing into another world type of a situation. And then there's, like I said, there's still all of the characters that you kind of recognize, like famous pirates and such. And um actual pirates in real life are very horrible terrible people not to be celebrated but the movie versions i will openly admit to enjoying and on stranger tides goes into my 2021 uh i'm a sea shanty man now so this is an enjoyable book so on stranger tides by tim powers that's my that's my next one what's your next um my next one is oh you know what a book yeah actually i'll probably listen to this on audiobook because that's how i listened to it um the first time and and it was just a phenomenal audiobook is home going by ya jesse mm-hmm. um which if you've been listening for um, a year you know was my favorite book of the last decade um i got to interview ya in the before times wow was yeah, that was when I interviewed her? Ago. I did. Because it was in was person. Like a year ago. It was in person. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Homegoing by Yeah Jesse. Uh the the audiobook is phenomenal. Um this follows several generations of two. Um I guess it follows two. The descendants, generations of descendants of two sisters in um, Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and one's line stays in Africa. The other eventually um, moves to America. And it's, you know, the thing about this is that each chapter kind of goes back and forth with a different character from each generation. You kind of learn the paths that this, these two family lines take and the voices of each are so distinct, which I think is what makes this book and what makes Yah such a talented writer is that you can have, I can't even remember how many characters are off the top of my head. It's like six or eight. I think that you're getting their perspective and they they are fully fleshed real characters in that each voice is distinct and you know when you are 
reading a different one from the one before and the one next to it. But that's one reason why the audiobook is so good is because it's done by one um, narrator and man, he just leans into it and literally gives each of these characters a very, very distinct voice, which again, you have characters who are African and then you have characters living in America um, and that takes a very, very skilled audiobook narrator. And and to clarify, because you're absolutely right, like the narrator, the narration of that. When you told, I listened to it, and when you told me, you're like, that was one narrator. I was blown away because it's like because of the time differences, like especially the characters who are in America who are African, and then eventually mm-hmm. African American. Mm-hmm. You hear the narrator like slowly lose the accent yes it's crazy oh it's so good mm-hmm. yeah um if you want to hear jill talk to yajasi that's episode 477 of our podcast I and mean, that's that's a a minor 2021 resolution i'm gonna get better at telling everyone when people were on the podcast um i think i might have told you but for people who have already read transcendent kingdom or sorry yeah it's homegoing mm-hmm. or transcendent kingdom which is her new her newer book uh the Robert Jones Jr. who was on the podcast just a week ago, his book, The Prophets, is very along those same lines of, yeah. So it's like good writing and very similar kind of storytelling with the back and forth timeline. So um, yeah, oh, what a good audiobook! It's so good. It's so good. Um, okay, my next one is, and I've talked about this a lot in the past, but the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown. I was originally thinking of like a Greek mythology book maybe or a roman mythology book in fact i was gonna suggest circe by madeline miller but we have i feel like we've talked about that a billion times and we love madeline she's been on the podcast a few times too but um i was like i don't want to just tell people to read that or song of achilles again uh so instead i'm going to tell you to read the red rising series again by pierce brown um kind of similar to with the folk of the air series in the sense that it's a but it's technically two trilogies i think there's um the first trilogy is red rising golden sun and morning star and then he starts a new trilogy with the same similar characters but it's like a big time jump so you can read the first three as like a, a kind of standalone trilogy but it's just such a departure from the world as we understand it it's extremely far into the future and the book starts with um your following these characters who are terraforming Mars and they live under the surface of Mars and they're very much a lower class. Um, they're lower class people who are there and like they were born on Mars and they're, ter- they're terraforming and um, there something happens that, that expands the entire universe and their world is forever changed. I don't want to say what it is because it's like in the first hundred or 150 pages where like, you think you're reading a certain type of book and then this huge reveal happens and it's completely different and completely expanded. And just the universe that, uh, that Pierce creates in this, it's so wonderful. And also he does use what's cool is all of the characters are named after um, Roman mythology people, which is how I got here from Madeline Miller. That was a long story that I, I, I pulled it back. Um, it's fine. <laughs> but it's it's a little bit dystopian but it's also it's very science fiction heavy but it's just it's delightful and it's a world you can completely lose yourself in and the books are 
pretty long, which is something I'm actually been like looking forward to this year already, just to like look forward to be spending a lot of time in a world. So if you've never read the Pierce Brown Red Rising series, like I said, there's five books in it now, and it's technically two different trilogies. So you can spend a lot of time there. So I have one more if you if you have another. I do. I have one more. So um, again, if you did not listen to our reading resolutions podcast, I said I'm not reading Cis White Man this year, which means I can't reread one of my favorites, which is Ready Player One. That's okay, though, because mm. Marie Lou has her Warcross series, which are so good. It is as a duology um, and it it's better than ready player one like if you have not read the if you like ready player one and you've not read warcross um you need to because I think it there's... is <laughs> I think it is too so uh warcross follows um a uh a she's kind of like a bounty hunter amika um she's a teenage hacker and she, there's this virtual world where they can go into um and they have these games almost. I don't know how to do it. They're like virtual. I, I don't even know how to describe them. So um, like a virtual capture the flag. Kind of. of thing, it's like kind you- of like, yeah, there's like a virtual capture the flag. Um, a glitch happens and um, she kind of goes on the run, but then is pulled into the game because it turns out it glitches where they're like, oh, you're actually kind of good at this. <laughs> so, <laughs> but of course, there are dark, shadowy things happening. Um, they're just, they're, oh, it's, it's so fun. Um, I, I love, I love these books. So I will definitely be rereading Warcross um, probably very shortly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are, those are really fun. I'm, I think I'm going to take you up on and do that as well. What a delightful yeah. book. Um, okay. My last one, I, as shocking as it is that Jill likes Rainbow Rowell and Stephen King and Margaret Atwood, it's just as shocking that I love Neil Gaiman. I know things we've never talked about before. Uh, I wanted to put a Neil Gaiman book on here just because they are very escapist to me, but I wanted to have one that is very fun and I don't want to call it light, but like the, the world he created is, is like that. So I'm just going to, I'm going to go with Stardust. I love Stardust. Mm-hmm. The, uh, once it, the movie is also really fun. Um, this is one where unlike Princess Bride and Neverending Story, the book Stardust is very, very different than the movie Stardust. There are still some characters that you will notice and res- like see that are in both, but the the threat, like the threat of the story is the same, but the the way that the story unfolds in the book is very, very different. So um like Jill. I also, I, Neil Gaiman is one of those people where like, if I'm just need something to enjoy, I'll pick up his, one of his books of short stories that I have or, or reread one of these that I really love. And and Stardust, I think is kind of the best um, for escapism. So I don't need to talk about it too much, but you're probably familiar with Stardust, the movie. And if you're not check that out too, it'll, you can do like a little um, page to screen thing uh, for yourself there. So uh, that is my last one. Did you have others you wanted to discuss? Nope. Uh, okay. Nope. That's it. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of other things, like things that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. I know that they, we that Overdrive has a, a Together We Read, which is a national book club for 
residents in the United States coming up in a couple of weeks, but I think that's still a little while off. Yeah. It's about a month away. Yeah. Um, so don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, so we'll just, we'll keep giving you book recommendations. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoy. Wait, I have an oh, idea. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes. We've talked about this before, um, how we make things up as we go along. And sometimes it's like Wednesday and we're like, oh, we need to record something. Mm-hmm. You know what, listeners, you can always let us know if there is something you want us to talk about. <laughs> yeah. You can go to Twitter at Pro Book Nerds or go to Instagram at Pro Book Nerds or email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And if there is something you want to hear us talk about, a type of book, even not, even if there's just like a, you know what, really at this stage, yeah, there's literally any subject you want to hear our thoughts on. Listen, if you guys want to hear Jill do a run through of her Funko Pops behind her on the screen that you can't see. There's like 70 of them back there. There are. If yeah, if you want to hear about my herb garden that I won't stop telling our team about that's in my house, whatever you guys want to hear about. Yeah, we'll all we'll we'll thread some book recommendations in there, but whatever it is. Maybe you know, we will. I mean, maybe. You know, maybe. Jill's Animal Crossing, my Smash Brothers journey. Listen, we're there for you. We oh. are. So feel free to reach out if you're like, I really want to hear you guys talk about X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Please do. Let That'll us know. Um, okay. Well, uh, you'll hear from us soon. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.